Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> Radio Red in the house. I'm just so happy to be here every Monday. It's my joy. It's my pleasure. I have so many radio shows, and this is one of my funnest ones. That's all I'll say. It is November 8th. OMG. We didn't think we'd get through. A lot of people did in 2020. And here we are almost done with 2021. And I'm going to tell you that we only have just a couple of weeks left till the end of the year. Actually, if I can find my notes here, I will tell you how many weeks we have left and I can't find them. So it'll have to wait. Here we go. This is the 312th day of the Gregorian calendar. Thank you, Greg, Gregory, Gregorian, whatever your mommy called you. We still honor you by using your calendar. 53 days left in 2021. This is the 44th Monday of the year. Nobody cares about that except me. And it's the Western Zodiac sign of Scorpio. The reason I'm telling you 53 days left is, come on, you know by now. If you're going to order something good to drink, alcoholic or not, from some online store or some grocery store or somebody who's got a farm stand, do it now. The things that are good are going to fly off the shelf. If you're making Kahlua in the sink in the garage, it needs time to the flavors to blend and the alcohol to work its way in. Start now. And if you're doing whiskey in the bathtub, you've heard of Prohibition. That's gone a year, a lot of times ago. You need your whiskey to, to get really, really good. So it's time to start on the beverages. I want my panelists who I haven't even introduced you yet. We have to say hello to somebody special. Her name is LLL. So on the count of three, I want you all to join me in hello, LLL. One, two, three. Hello, LLL. And that's, everybody knows her by now. It's LLL, lovely, lanky, Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. She's still living in Whitestone, Queens, New York, and it starts with a W. So I'm still taking up a a kind of a phony baloney, fake, fictitious, but well-meaning GoFundMe so we can get money to move her. Mustafa has heard this before, so is Yvonne, <laughs> to move her to London. So it'll be lovely Lanka Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in London. There you go. She's not on Facebook, so she can't see us live, but I sent her the link after the show and she watches. So everybody, I want to go around the table and introduce very quickly my guests. We're going to have a marvelous talk about creativity and we're all on Facebook live now so everybody can see you. Let's talk to the Facebook audience. We're also broadcasting live audio to the Voice America Empowerment Channel so people can hear you all over the world. Imagine that, sitting in your living room, in your basement, in your garage, wherever you are. So this episode is called Creatively Rerouting or Rerouting, and routing could be O-U-T or O-O-T. Each way is fine. Your life path. Mustafa Amara, say hello. Wave hello. hello. He's Hi. founder and CEO, what a smile, of the global coaching company, The Passion MBA. He started as a pharmacist. Okay, that's interesting. And then he became an international diplomat. Well, that's getting even more interesting. <laughs> and an investment banker. We're going to find out all about him. Mustafa, thanks for joining us. And I met you at the Publicity Summit where I meet yeah. them. 
the most wonderful so people much, in Anna. the world. Thank you. Get ready to introduce yourself in a minute. Dr. Yvonne Vissing, wave hello, Yvonne. She's a pediatrician. She's a community sociologist. She is the U.S. Policy Chair for the Hope for Children U.N. Convention on the Rights of the Child Policy Center in Cyprus. She's a lady who has traveled. Her heart is always in the right place. And she happens to be the author of more than 13 books. If you're looking on Facebook, look at the wall behind Yvonne. It's packed with her work. And we're going to talk a little bit today about marvelous book she's going to tell us about, Reimagine Santa. Imagine Santa, different cultures, different genders, different diversity approaches, with or without religion. There is something that represents that part time of the year for every culture. So she's going to talk about that and the Santa spirit. Yvonne, wave hello. There's Yvonne. And now we get to Dave Combs. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Dave. That's he's right. a songwriter. He's a photographer. And he told me he's an audio engineer, so we've got to be really good about this show. <laughs> Dave has He's, he's just lazy. He hasn't done anything. He's only written more than 120 songs, bless you, Dave, and recorded 14 albums of soothing instrumental piano music, starting with the very now popular standard Rachel song, and he's going to tell us all about that. So thank you to the three of you for joining me. I'm, if you can't tell, I'm really happy to see you and really delighted. <laughs> so let's go around the table. Mustafa, I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view so everybody can see you and appreciate <laughs> who you are. Don't be shy. You're not shy. I met you at the summit. I know that. I'm going to put you on full screen, and would you please do me the honor of spending about three minutes? We're going to talk in three to four minutes sound bites, so we get plenty of conversation here. Sure. Mustafa, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about the passion MBA. Okay? Don't worry, Yvonne. I'm going to put him on speaker view and you can fix your books. Tell him to stop (laughs) falling on you. Mustafa, go ahead. You're on. Hi, Red. It's a pleasure being with you. And so my story in brief is that I lived several career lives in one single life. I started as a pharmacist and that was out of passion for chemistry. My second career life uh, was as an international diplomat I work in the UN in New York, I work in Malawi in Africa and in China. That was out of passion of traveling the world and bridging gaps among different cultures and learning foreign languages. Uh, My third career life, I work in investment banking and that was out of passion of developing infrastructure in some developing markets. And uh, I was lucky enough to bring, you know, millions of dollars of investments to several countries in the Middle East and Africa. And I thought because I have done uh, I would say big career transitions from, you know, from a pharmacist to a diplomat to investment banker. So I thought that I have a blueprint, which is very, very practical. And when I put it on paper, I loved it. And it changed my life because, you know, I live by, you know, various concepts, various values, and they changed my life. And I wanted to help other people to change their life too, using them. Uh, Currently, I'm the founder and CEO of The Passion MBA. It's a global coaching company. I'm also an author of the upcoming book, The Passion Project, uh, Build the Career That You Were Born to Have and Find Your Life Purpose. (laughs) Very nice. And do you feel that you found your life purpose, Mustafa? It sounds to me like you found it several times. What do you think? You know, life purpose is is a big question for each one of us. And I think it's an evolving, always an evolving uh, purpose. Uh, we are always, you know, a work in progress. And I, I had a lot of passions in the past that they were reflected right now. And I could see that, you know, I could add up some value for other people. I would just give an example. I have a lot of passion toward orphans. And that grew up with me when I was 15 
until now. <clears throat> and now the dream is getting bigger and bigger. So instead of just thinking of how to help one person, one orphan or five or so, now I'm thinking of helping millions, for example. Well, your heart is in the right place. And as you'll hear at the very end of the show, Mustafa, I end with some words of life, wisdom of life, that kind of thing. And one of them is love like you've never been hurt. And you will hear me say, we've all been hurt at one point or another. But yeah. your heart will regenerate. It will learn to love again, different. I think Dave is nodding sort of there. I think so. And your heart will allow you to love in different ways, different people, different times and places and careers. That's why I'm calling this rerouting. We're going to go with routing, not rooting. Rooting for your <laughs> rerouting your career. Give yourself, I've, I'm on my seventh or eighth career. I, I can sort of remember the first one, but I haven't been shy about changing careers when the mood struck me or the job, the job hit me on the side of the head. Mustafa, pleasure to meet you. We're so happy you're here. Yvonne Vissing, we are delighted to have you. 13 books. Oh, my, 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 my. So much work, and I know where your passion is. Why don't you please formally introduce yourself to us? Yvonne, go up. Yep. Well, I've been watching your show, Red, and I see this common theme that the seeds of creativity were planted during childhood. And the same was true with me. I view myself as an eclectic uh, creative. And I'm like a kid in the candy store. There's so many things that I'm interested in. Uh, so I've done child abuse. I've been a therapist. I have studied homelessness, um, mental health, and I've been doing a lot of work in human rights, especially children's human rights. Uh, and I'm a Santaologist, and I've done a five book series on Santa. So I'm also a farmer. All right. And so how did I get to all of these eclectic places? So I thought I would tell you, uh, when I was a little girl in southern Indiana, I was kind of like a pet. You know, my parents made sure I was fed and clothed and safe. But <laughs> they were so busy that um, I ended up being by myself a lot. And so my imagination became my best friend. And I read books. I cut snowflakes. I played paper dolls. I talked to the dog. I picked Queen Anne's lace in the field. Now, my dad was a record driver, and he built a motel. And as a little kid, um, he would have me go around and bring him his hammer. And I learned that you could make things, which became really helpful when I bought this 1743 New England colonial fixer upper that I've pretty much renovated by myself. Um, now, he was a character, and he ended up bringing characters into the house. And one of his characters was this guy named Jim Yellig, who was a uh, World War II buddy of his. And Jim was from Santa Claus, Indiana. And during the war, he became Santa Claus to the children. And he came back and founded Santa Claus Land, which was the first theme park before Disney. All right. And so I learned from him that real people had magic. And so I never had a problem with Santa being a real person because he was. All right. Um, so I think that children are observers of life. And I watched a lot, you know, and I learned that anybody can do anything if you really want to. Now, just 
before I leave, I also learned that I had to be a good girl and I had to sit down, shut up, do not cause any problems. And I learned to follow the rules. And it's only as I've gotten older that I realized I don't have to follow the rules anymore and that I am creative and I can do anything. And so I'm having so much fun at this part of my life now, really honoring my creativity. So thanks for having me on. Yvonne, I had no idea. I, I got a brief bio from you about your career helping children around the world and nothing about farmer, nothing about your Santaologist. That needs to go in your bio, my dear, in your next time around in your bio. The story about Santa Land and your father, who your father knew, but I love when you said you were a pet, you were well fed and well dressed, and they left you they left you alone. You you are very funny, my dear. You you could do some stand-up about that if you ever want to uh, create your own story in a different framework. Very, I have to ask you, Yvonne, what do you, where's your farm? Is, do you have a, a garden on the side of your house or do you have an actual, I don't know what an actual farm is. Is that acreage? What kind of farm do you have or what do you grow? I have a little horse farm and I have old horses and um, I am learned to heal by going out and mucking out the stalls, and I have become a mother mucker. <laughs> I have learned. How you know what to they say? Move? Never, never step on the laugh, Yvonne. If you're going to do comedy, which you just did, never step on the laugh. Let everybody just say, "Look at Dave. Dave is, is almost <laughs> bent over." He said, "What did she say?" And I'm saying, "Well," and my engineer Josh is saying, "What did she say?" Yeah, it's clean. Don't worry about it. Mustafa. Is just, oh my god, I can't believe I heard that, Yvonne. I didn't know you were so funny when I met you at the summit, and you, you and I were talking before the two gentlemen joined us. You're very serious. Well, Bonnie, I've written this and I've written that, and you come on here and you're hysterical. So. You're recreating and rerouting your creativity and your career just by talking about it. That's lovely. And by the way, a lot of us had to sit still and only speak when spoken to, Yvonne, when we were little girls. And I remember being reprimanded for talking to the teacher's daughter who was talking in class, Beth Olson. <gasps> she was talking and I asked her to be quiet and I got reprimanded by the teacher and told to stand up for talking in class. And Beth was the one who caused the problem. So there you go. We, we learned. We learned. Yes. Be, be, the, be the good girl. Okay. So enough about that. Dave Combs is waiting. He said, boy, I've heard some two really good ones. I got to follow them. Yes, you do, Dave Combs. Dave, I'm yeah. putting you on speaker view. Go ahead, please. Introduce okay. Why, why did you make me follow these two great people? <laughs> this is uh, like following Jay Leno or something here. Uh, anyhow, uh, my background is you won't believe this and talking about creativity, but I started out as a person who was a math major, a computer science person, computer programming. And you might think, well, that's not creative, but in fact it is. When you're given a problem and you have to create a solution to that problem by using a computer and creating a program that will do what you want it to do, that really is a very creative process. Uh, and so it's, it's, that's the beginning. But I grew up in a family of people who loved music. My mother and father both played the piano. My grandmother Combs, until she passed away at age 93, I believe it was, she was playing music in her church. She played by ear. She did not read music at all or little what they call shape notes music. Some people may know what that is. But anyway, so I grew up around music all my life at home and at church and so forth. And so it wasn't, though, until I was 34 years old, 
that I wrote my first song. Nobody ever told me that I could write a song. I love music. I love to play music. I love to sing and, and so forth. But nobody said, Dave, you could write a song. And so at the age 34, I wrote a little song that became known as Rachel's Song. And that little song changed my life. So like Mustafa, I've had several careers. My one career was at Western Electric AT&T as a mm -hmm. computer programmer, manager, and systems and all that kind of thing. And then at age 34, I was still doing that. But it, in the evenings and weekends, my music took over with Rachel's songs to start with. And then it got recorded. And people that heard it fell in love with it. And it got played all over the country. It got played all over the world. And I started getting something I'd never gotten in my life, fan mail. And I didn't know what to do with all this. And so I figured, well, I've got to get on with this. And so I wrote more songs and eventually wrote over 120 with 14 albums. I was able to quit my job in 1992 to do nothing but my music full time, which was a dream come true. So I've transitioned from a, a corporate life working for somebody else to all of a sudden now I'm working for me and my, my wife and I, we're doing this music business, but we are touching and blessing lives. I, I wrote an article that appeared in Guidepost magazine that goes out to 2 million people. And that little article changed my life. Of those 2 million people that subscribed, I heard like this from 10,000 of them. My mailman came dragging my mail down the driveway one day <laughs> in a canvas bag. He couldn't even pick it up. Well, Santa. <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus was bringing me and every envelope in there had a $10 check in it for I want to send, send me a cassette or send me a, a CD. And so this little article also put my career in high gear. And so then, you know, that was, it went on for 10 years and then the whole world changed when everything went to digital. So uh, suddenly the music sales of hard kind of things like cassettes and CDs goes really, really down and the digital part is kind of floundering around and then it finally takes off. And that's where we are today with streaming and, and music on uh, you know, YouTube and Pandora and iTunes and Spotify, all these places that stream music. And so that changed my life from focusing on creating physical things to sell to creating and finding ways to get my music out to people. And so that, that's where my book came in. Uh, I had heard from over 50,000 people writing me about how my music had touched their life. Wow. And so those wonderful notes and letters basically convinced me that I needed to get my little talent out from under a bushel basket and let it shine for the whole world to see. And so this song could go out to millions of people. So I ended up for this last year writing my book, Touched by the Music, and with the help of a lot of people, including Jack Canfield, who wrote the foreword to my book, which I'm most grateful for. Uh, the book has been out for about three weeks now. It's already a bestseller on Amazon. It's done really, really well. And I just am amazed by the feedback, the feedback. that I'm getting from it. So anyhow. Um, Thank you, That's, Dave. That. Very inspiring and talk about rerouting. Uh, Yvonne, I'm going to have you put yourself on, just mute yourself for a second, because when Dave, Dave said the word feedback and we got feedback on his voice <laughs> through you and you appeared on the screen, it's, it's amazing the magic, how it works. It's fine. I could, there yeah. you go. And we'll unmute you when you're ready to talk next. Dave, I have to tell you that you were preaching to the choir when you talked about the creativity of programming. You don't know this about me, but I'm considered an early woman in tech. And I was a programmer analyst back in the 19 
1970s in the key punch days That's when you true. had to stand on a step stool and drop the disc pack. Yes, you too. Yeah, it was an 80, 80 card. There you go. 80 column cards, the Hollerworth cards. And I still have my silver covered COBOL handbook. I still have green yeah. bar paper. I could I could debug a, a core dump like nobody's business. Yep. Cobol, Xerox, Sigma 6, CP5, and then I went to, uh, and Key Punch, and then I went to programming in PL1 on an IBM 4341. Eventually, we were able to Key Punch, not Key Punch, but type in the code. So I could write 2,000 lines of code, handwritten over a weekend, have the program running by Monday at 1 o'clock when I went back to work. Yeah, coding on the weekends. And COBOL was my language. Now I talk English. So, Dave, I appreciate And people say, oh, programming. Oh, it's all math. No, it's creativity. They give you a blank piece of paper, and they say to you, we need a report, Dave. We need a report with five columns down, with three things across. We need these formulas. We need to know what do these people do here, and what are these qualifications, and how did this go? And you get to tabula rasa. It's blank. And you get to program it, design it, create it, write it, draw it, think it. And make it happen, right? That is right, and it's such a a, a, a gratifying procedure when you do all of this, and you see your result come out on the screen, and it's exactly like you envisioned it, or on a, on a report. It works. It's just a it's just a high that only I guess computer programmers can get. But uh, absolutely, it's, it's absolutely great. right. I was asked to be the uh, kickoff speaker for the Women International Women's Day for the Women in Big Data organization last March eighth, and I did a somewhat of a slideshow and I showed them pictures of what a mainframe computer looks like, <laughs> where, where the tiles on the floor that lift up with magnets, and I showed them pictures of what my of my deck, my green bar deck, and pictures of what. COBOL look like and my handwritten notes on reports. I had a consultant call up and say, okay, design this report. This is what we need. And I took notes in pencil. I have those notes and I do. I, I preserve them. Anyway, Dave, it was like, like meeting a, a compadre here. Thank you very much. I love the life stories, the three of you, and you have proven me so right in terms of creatively rerouting our life path, our career, not in a woo-woo way, just, hey, how many careers have you had? How many places have you been? How many ways have you rethought yourself? Yvonne, you certainly have reinvented so many times. Dave as well, Mustafa, of course, of course. And me, I've, I've done, I, don't, I can't even tell you how many how many careers. I keep saying, well, how, what's left? What's next? And there may be something else after this. Who knows? Okay, I tell you what, all of you were so kind to fill out my little jot form for the deliverables, and I asked you each to send me a favorite quote that really had nothing to do with the word creativity, and I'm going to ask you to take just two minutes and tell me, I have the quote and a little bit about the source of the attribution, as I call it. I'm going to ask you to tell us what this means to you in terms of creativity, but before you answer, when I read your quote, Mustafa, you're up first, tell me, do you wake up every day and say, I'm Mustafa Omar. I'm a creative person. Creativity is the first thing I think of when I wake up. It's a simple yes or no answer, but I'm curious because some people say, wake up, say, I'm beautiful, I'm wonderful, I'm smart, I'm talented, I'm funny, I'm gorgeous. I don't know anybody who wakes up and says, hello, I'm creative, but maybe you do. So, Mustafa, do you wake up creative? Do you say that to yourself? I remind myself every day. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, I wasn't born creative, right? Um, I, I'm just trying to remind myself that every day you can be creative and you can always come up with ideas, even yes. if they look somehow stupid. Yes. It, it doesn't matter. You know, just put it on paper it in front doesn't. of you. 
Yeah. That's like when you find out when you're cooking, when you're air frying some nice chicken and you find out there's half an onion sitting in the fridge and it's a big <laughs> exactly. vidalia and there's only half of it. You chop it in pieces. You put a little egg in a bowl. You put a little breadcrumbs and seasoning. You, you throw the onions in. You throw it on a piece of parchment paper next to the chicken. 18 minutes later, you've got the best air fried exactly. onions you've ever tasted in your life and you didn't even have a recipe. That to me is creativity. And yes, I did that. Saturday night. Okay. Uh, Mustafa, here, here is, it knows no bounds. Mustafa sent us a quote from San Francisco salesman Chris Gardner. Those of you may remember, I know who that is, played by Will Smith, of course. The movie, the 2006 American biographical drama film, The Pursuit of Happiness, with a Y instead of an okay. I. And here's the quote. You got a dream? You got to protect it. Some people can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. If you want something, go get it, period. Mustafa, how'd you find this beautiful quote? And just take about two minutes. Tell us what this has to do with your take on creativity. Go ahead. I love it. I love the movie. I love Chris Gardner himself as a real person, as somebody who really believed in himself. And when I, I see myself in any trouble, I remind myself, you know, that guy was homeless at some point, you know, with, with, with his child in the street, but he was killing himself to create, you know, a future for himself and for his kid. And I say, no matter, you know, whatever trouble you are having, you know, there are some other people who are in much worse situation than you are. So if you have a dream, don't let anybody to tell you that you cannot do it, you know, believe in it and just go and get it. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. And that's creatively reinventing, rerouting ourselves. I love it. Thank you very much. Yvonne, I almost swooned. You can unmute now, dear. I almost swooned when I read your quote. Yvonne has picked the name of a song. It's a theme song from an absolutely gorgeous movie, 1956 American musical film. Shall We Dance is the song. It was said, stated to by Anna, played by Deborah Kerr or Carr, however you say it, to the <laughs> king, played by the one and only Yule Brenner. And I remember it was just beautiful. It's, Shall we dance? Da, da, da. That was the song, and it's just beautiful. Yvonne, what does this have to do with creativity? I love the quote. Talk to me. I remember sitting in college at a cafe looking at the people walking by and there were these two little old ladies walking down the street and there was one that had her head slunk holding her pocket book and just walking and the one with her was standing with her head high making a clip like everything every day was wonderful to her you could just tell and i thought you know that's the way i want to live i want to live life as a dance i want to have fun i want to make it beautiful i don't want to be pitiful and sad and so i love to dance and i'm not a very good dancer because i'm short you know uh and chubby thighs you know but it is so wonderful to be able to dance and i think that if people live their life in a dance um it makes everything different it does and of course dancing goes with music and music does have the opportunity to make us happy right mustafa of course dave knows that very very well <laughs> i was a disco dancer and I was a third-place Disco Hawaii contest winner, Yvonne. And I also taught in a class called You Should Be Dancing. And I taught it in high heels on top of a cafeteria, Formica Cafeteria High School table, 
to 250 people at an adult ed class where the man I was dating, this was on the West Coast long ago. I don't even know if he's still alive. And he booked us in as a couple of teachers, but he booked himself as a lead teacher. Dave, you're going to love this. And he booked me as his assistant. So he made something like $4.25 an hour and I made $2.25 an hour. And when I got there and discovered they had wall-to-wall people, 250 people signed up for this class in line dances. That's all we were teaching. This was the days of Donna Summer, the days of Saturday Night Fever. Everybody wanted to be John Travolta or somebody who was dancing with him. Mm-hmm. And we taught. And when it was oh, that night, I had to drive 45 minutes each way. He and I weren't, were, had broken up our relationship, but I had committed. So I drove 45 minutes each way to get to this godforsaken place. I went to the people at the school and I said, we're lo- I, who knew from OSHA in those days? I said, you're looking at an accident waiting to happen. You've got a woman dancing in high heels on a Formica tabletop. Would you please do something? And they said, well, we'll find some plywood and we'll build you a little stage. And I said, by the way, I'm working just as hard as he is. Yvonne, remember the famous quote, Ginger Rogers could do everything Fred Astaire did, but just backwards and in high heels? Yes, well, that was me. So I said to them, I want to be paid. And they said, lady, you want to be paid the same as him? You got to start your own class. He booked you as the assistant. You're getting the $2.25 an hour, whatever it was. And I said, okay, so zip up. Ten weeks later, we were battling on stage. At the end of ten weeks, this was two-hour class each week. At the end of ten weeks, we still had 200 people in the class. That's how popular this all was. So when you talk about dancing, and I found another dance partner after that, and we started winning contests. And anyway, and little old ladies, we used to, I used to teach line dancing to senior centers in Eugene, Oregon, on my lunch hour, I was a programmer, Dave. I used to get a bagel and a schmear, and i go on my car to the senior center and teach line dancing. So what we did was we went to a great big nightclub in Eugene, and we said we want to have a party for our students. So they were little old ladies. They were very active older women, Yvonne, and we got the DJ, who was this adorable young man, to come out of his DJ booth in between spinning songs, and he would dance with the ladies, and they were thrilled. Those were the days, my friend, we thought they'd never end. There's another one for you. Dave Combs, you've been so patient. Dave, I'm looking at your quote. This is bringing back memories. Da-da-da-da-dum, da-da-da-dum. Theme from a summer place, lyrics by Mac Discant, music by Max Steiner. And his favorite version, Dave's favorite version, is by the Letterman song, written in 1959. OMG, I don't know who was alive then. I'm not admitting to anything. The movie starring Mustafa, I know. I'm not funny at all. The movie was starring Sandra D. and Troy Donahue. Oh, be still my heart. It was recorded for a film as an instrumental for the film by Hugo Winterhalter, who was very famous for his instrumentals back in the day. And here is the quote Dave has picked. And the sweet secret of a summer place is that it's anywhere when two people share all their hopes all their dreams, all their love. Can I cry now, Dave, please? (laughs) Dave, rescue me. Go ahead. How'd you find this one? Buried in the archives. Go ahead. Yvonne, mute mute yourself, please. Go ahead, Dave. I I have a long relationship with the Letterman. I I actually performed with them on stage in St. Louis in 1989. And I have maintained a friendship with the Letterman, Tony Butala and... uh, the, the other members since then. And we're going to probably see them again in February. We saw them a couple of years ago. We stay in touch, but I love to sit down at my piano that you see in the background over there 
and I'll put the CD of the Letterman on and I just love to play along and pretend that I'm still on the stage with the Letterman playing and, and, and hearing them sing that wonderful song. And uh, the, it's and I it I have to tell you that I am where I am because I do have a a loving wife and a creative wife who is right beside me every step of the way. I probably wouldn't have written this book if it weren't for Linda. She says you got to get all these stories that you tell all the time down on paper so that when you're gone they'll still be here. And so I have a wonderful wife, Linda, and it that the love between us we've been married for 51 been on 52 years coming up and uh just uh, this the song with the that i could have named you know, those were the days i love to play that song if i were upstairs at my piano right now this is a virtual screen behind me but if i were at my real piano i'd love to play those were the days for you that's one of my favorite song songs to play i didn't but, know that when i it just kind oh, of tripped tripped off my tongue oh, yeah, I, I, just, I can i can just I can play it in my head right now. So, but anyway, that is that's the reason I picked this this uh, the lyric. I love the lyrics. I love the song, but I also love the Letterman and their relationship and all that they mean to me. Uh, Bobby Boynton is a, a wonderful person. He and I email frequently, and it's just a, a the music world is full of wonderful creative people. And when you can connect with somebody, it's just a wonderful experience. Thank you very much. Thank you all for the wonderful quotes. I really appreciate it, especially the vintage ones. They're beautiful. What I want to do next, before we go to the wacky holidays and the celebrity birthdays, I want to pick one. You all sent me creativity statements. I just asked you, how do you express the concept of creativity in your life? I'm going to pick one from each of you, and I'll just read it. These are simple sentences, and ask you to just spend a minute or two explaining it. So, Mustafa, I'm looking at statement number four, and you say, Always read more than 40% of your readings out of your expertise. Tell us, what does this mean for you and why did you say Give us an example, please. Mustafa? Uh, you know, uh, a specialist or an expert in only one tiny thing or domain cannot be creative enough. You know, so in order to be creative, you need to have enough dots to connect. You know, you need to have your former expertise that you can connect it with your, you know, your uh, current expertise. So if you don't read out of, you know, your current domain or expertise, 20 to 40%, you don't have enough dots to connect. You don't have enough experience to link it with what you're doing. Uh, You won't have enough solutions, out of the box solutions to use them, you know, through what I could call analogical thinking to bring that analogy to your current domain, and then solve the problem. So it's very crucial for each one of us to read out of our expertise. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Uh, expand your horizons, they sometimes say, right? <laughs> think outside the box. It should be think totally outside of your box and think into other people's. Very interesting. Yvonne, I'm looking at statement number one. This is very interesting. You say creativity is a curious thing. It can take hours, days, years, even decades for inspiration to emerge, or it can evolve and arrive as a lightning bolt seemingly out of nowhere, and you say never pass judgment on whether your creativity and your inspiration comes fast or slow. It has a life of its own that must be honored. I think Dave will appreciate it. I think both all of you will. Yvonne, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Talk about that to me. Did yours come fast, come slow? How do you see this in, in people you work with? I've had both. 
I'll slave over a book. I just sent one off to a publisher. It took me over five years to write that. And I am a nervous wreck about it. And I don't know if she'll like it or not. There are other things that I've written that boom, automatically it's there, you know, and I think it's usually from the heart you know, uh, that speaks to you instead of your head. uh, And and you have to work so hard uh, with it. So it's like walking in the woods and seeing those God rays of sun coming through the trees. You say, by golly, it's going to be a fine day. You know, it just happens, you know, and you can go saying, well, I'm going to make today a good day. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it's simply there. So I think that's why I shouldn't pass judgment on, you know, how fast or slow it takes somebody. Thank you. Very interesting. And, and for me, Yvonne, creativity comes in spurts. It's like, well, this sounds silly, but sometimes I want to eat eggplant and I'll buy eggplant at the grocery store for two or three weeks and I'll cook it every way I can. And then I won't eat it for three years. You couldn't, you couldn't buy me an eggplant dinner in the finest restaurant. I don't want to know from eggplant. And the same thing with my, I, I painted over 150 paintings in the past year. I started one day and I just forgot to stop. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm taking longer to do a painting, longer to say it's finished. I'm a drummer. I haven't touched my drums in two weeks. I'm starting a new band. We just finished a big Motown concert a month ago. I have hardly picked up the sticks since we finished Motown. I worked so hard for so many months preparing, producing it, putting it together. And I just said, I don't need the drums right now, but they're here. I have a whole music room in my house. I will get back to it when I'm ready. So to me, Dave, I don't know if that you can. this resonates with you, but creativity, it comes sometimes not just in days or weeks or months, but in spurts. It's I feel like being creative today and not so much. I'll cook the onions in the air fryer together, and that's all I really want to be creative about. Dave, I'm looking at your statement number four, and this is very interesting, telling us a little more about you. You say music is not the only outlet for your creativity. You've done pencil portraits. You've done sculpting in clay, uh, talking about uh, your mechanical training class in Princeton, New Jersey. You said to relieve the boredom, you looked around the room and began to create small pencil sketches of your classmates. Dave, what a revelation. Does boredom spark, spawn, or birth creativity? Dave, talk to me. Yes, it certainly does. And it, I, <laughs> I looked over over on my right. I wish you could see it. There is a wall of my pencil sketches where I did pencil sketches of my mom and my grandmother and Linda's mother and dad and so forth. And there, uh, even Roscoe Tanner and he, the, the tennis player and so forth. And, uh, and my wife and uh, a couple of other famous people. And those were a result of this spurt of creativity that started, like you said, in that classroom where I was so bored because I already knew the subject, but I had to take the class, you know, all that situation. And so it, it was job control language class, if you remember that thing. It was very JCL, boring. Yes, I yeah, remember. JCL, I, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. So I would sketch. I would just look at somebody's profile, exactly how their profile looked to me, and I'd start sketching. And after a while, I, no, that really looks like that person. Then I do another person. And when I got home, I said, Linda, I think I can do pencil sketches of people. And so I, I started doing that, and and it, it, I did a whole bunch of them. And but then after I did that, it was kind of like you. I, I, I haven't done any in probably twenty years, but. But it was a spurt of creativity that I didn't even know I had the ability to do that. 
Very, very interesting. I have not ha- heard that articulated quite that way, Dave. So thank you. Before we go to famous birthdays and silly holidays, Yvonne, I just want you please to tell us a little about your book, Reimagine Santa, since the holidays are coming up. So just tell us about how the Santa in your book is all over the world, different shapes, forms, names, colors, sizes, genders. How do, how do you reimagine Santa or who is doing that? Holding it up. Okay, reimagine Santa. Tell us, just take two minutes and tell us a little bit about your book, please. When I was a little girl, things were not always easy and money was not always uh, fluid. And I developed hope that once a year there'd be something that somebody would remember me and that life would be good. And so I was thinking during COVID that this is really a grim time. And what could I do that would make things happy? And I went to my happy place and it was thinking about Santa, you know, and I think that Santa's, uh, I have the most comprehensive book on Santa Claus ever written. I, I'm positive of it. I've, I'm a researcher and I have tons of bibliography in it. And I found that there were dozens and dozens of winter solstice festivals all over the world that we're all talking about community, bringing together, helping one another, dancing, singing, drinking, having joy, uh, helping your neighbor. All right. And so there was usually a character that was associated with it. And we're talking about all over the planet. It wasn't like just in, you know, the north of Europe. Um, it was everywhere. Um, and so I decided I would figure them out. And so Santas are everywhere. In Africa, uh, for instance, their Santa is Mama Tinga Tinga, an African woman. All right. Um, that I'm a Santa. Uh, most women I know are Santas. But are we ever given credit? No, I'd stuff my dad's bag full of presents that I bought, that I wrapped, that he delivered, and he got all the credit. It's like I'm standing there saying, are you having fun? You know? Um, and so... With this, um, I think that we could all have what I think is the Santa spirit. And the Santa spirit is this absolute joy. It's loving kindness. It is doing nice things for other people and finding joy in it. I think people are kind of mean-spirited right now. And if they could find joy, not in buying stuff, you know, but in the little things. For instance, I think that if everybody had just as Santa brought only what's in a stocking. I mean, come on, he's in a sleigh. If he's got to go all around the world, he can't carry a bicycle and a pony to everybody. You could only put what's in a stocking. And so if you just did that, everybody could, every kid could get one and it wouldn't be a financial burden. Um, but if mom and dad want to bring something, then fine. You know, elves do not make cell phones or video games, you know. And so uh, with this, I think that Santa needs to be recast to be diverse, to be multicultural, to meet the needs of children who today, the majority of children in the world are not white. They are not Christian, and yet they have a right to have fun and to play their imaginations and to dream about things and to be like me have hope so that's why i wrote the book 
Thank you, Yvonne. I'm going to suggest next time you do a, a publicity summit, lead with that book in your bio. You will get a thousand interviews. People will be so <laughs> interested in talking to you. I didn't even know that about you, and I'm so happy that I asked and you told me. I want to just leave. Dave, this is uh, interesting for you. I have a, a quote here from the Washington Post, July 12th, 2021, from Georgetown University psychiatrist Norman Rosenthal, and he defines being creative as having the ability to make unexpected connections, either to see commonplace things in new ways or unusual things that escape the attention of others and realize their importance. But the news in the article was creativity may be key to healthy aging. I just wanted you all to know that. Interesting. Yes, keep thinking, keep dreaming, and keep putting things together. Let's do some birthday shout-outs. We have a few minutes left, about 12 minutes left, and we'll have time maybe for where you can give your websites at the end. Dave, you want to say something? Yeah, we're going to let me talk about my book. Oh, sure. Talk about your book. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry to interrupt I, you. But I thought you had talked about the stories that well, you and I just want to give you just a real quick thumbnail. Sure, sure hon. Sure, the reason I wrote the book was because I've realized that my music, in fact, did touch people's lives. And many of those lives that it touched were people who are were in need of healing and in need of relief from whatever stress and uh, anxiety or disease that was uh, impacting them at the moment. And those 50,000 plus letters telling me that that was the case was the driving force that I wanted to write my book to tell my stories to drive people to, okay, now that you know about the song, go get the song and let it help change your life as well. So it's really a book about a song and a song about a book. It's it's really they're they're two intertwined, and I just hope and pray that people will will be blessed by the book and touched by the music themselves. That's lovely. Thank you for explaining that. You told us a bit about the book before, but I didn't know that that was the message. Was yes, there's the song, Mustafa. You want two minutes to talk about your book some more? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean the the idea of the passion project is if we consider our lives, our careers, businesses are projects, which is the case. Some of us build their lives or careers on weak foundations. So what happened, the whole project would collapse. Uh, you know, some others build their careers or lives on the wrong foundations for them. And what happened is they spend most of the time trying to fix the problems coming from those uh, wrong foundations. So what I'm trying to do here is to help people to build their lives, their careers on the right foundations. And one of the most important foundations that it's fine not to be a specialist because you need to be creative. Yeah. Thank you very much. That all, all weaves together, doesn't it? It all comes together. That's what all of us are talking about. Let's do some birthday shout outs, some famous people. Some I pick some from different walks of life, if you will. I don't know some of them, but most of them I do. Actor Alain, De, Alain Delon. French actor, 85. Alfre Woodard, everybody knows Alfre Woodard, 68 years old, beautiful lady, singer Bonnie Raitt, 71. I have a TV show called Something to Talk About, and that was her song, and that's the theme song for my television show. ABC News anchor David Muir, all of 47, my goodness, he's an old man. New York Yankees outfielder and designated hitter Giancarlo Stanton, if anybody follows baseball, happy birthday, 31. Gordon Ramsay. The, the the evil the evil king of the of the uh, the 
kitchen, I should say, chef and TV personality. He's all of 54. Looks like he's been around the stove a few times. I saw a picture. Uh, Mary Hart, TV personality, is 70. Rick, singer, singer-songwriter Ricky Lee Jones. Anybody remember Ricky Lee Jones back in the day? Oh, Dave, you got to look her up. Um, it was something about Pantages. She wrote a song about sitting at the Pantages, writing pe- meeting people or writing songs. Very, very famous song. And R&B singer Ciza, S-Z-A. I have no idea how to... Did, Matt, Matt, Mustafa, did I say that correctly? Ciza, S-Z-A? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness I, I could read. 31. So happy birthday to all of you. Let's do some holidays. Today is National Parents as Teachers Day. If you... If you have celebrated or you know somebody who should be celebrating for this today, just raise your hand and wave because I want to get through these. There are a lot of them. It's Harvey Wallbanger Day. Anybody drink a Harvey Wallbanger? Anybody remember? Dave, you remember what it is? Nope. Okay. Vodka, Galliano, liqueur, and orange juice. Stir them up, add a little ice, put it in a pretty glass. The theory was that there was a surfer who came into a bar in L.A. Uh, Let's see. His name was... World champion mixologist Donato Duke Antone said he named the drink after Tom Harvey, a surfer at his Black Watch bar in L.A., who supposedly got so drunk he ran into the walls. But, and Harvey, his name was Steve Harvey, uh, Tom Harvey and Harvey Wallbanger. However, there's a writer named Robert Simonson who writes about spirits. Mm-hmm. alcohol beverages and he says no sane person ever believed that story so we'll leave that one alone it's also dunce day anybody remember the dunce hat put a kid in the corner for time out before yes mustafa you're too young you don't remember that it's cappuccino day national cappuccino day drink up ah. everyone i can't have caffeine after about three o'clock in the it. afternoon <laughs> otherwise i'm bouncing off the walls it's international tongue twister day go find a tongue twister and see if you can say it and still be standing straight it's um Aid and abet punsters day. So if you know people who like to do puns, you should tell them how good they are. It's Global Entrepreneurship Week and it's World Kindness Week. And it's also the day of cook something bold and pungent. Do you cook, Mustafa? I, I, yeah, I do some cooking, yeah. What's your Not favorite much. dish to cook? Oh, my God. Uh, I do lasagna a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. You make the sauce yourself or out of a jar? Yeah, I learned how to do it. I didn't learn, you know, I just learned last year, but yeah. Very I, nice. Never, Never too late. Read, read 40% out of your area of expertise. That's cookbook time. Dave, do you and Linda cook much? My, I married a wonderful cook, but my specialty is on the grill. I can cook a mean steak on the grill. That's about my, that's about it for me. <laughs> Real master. Well, there's talent in that. Yvonne, anything you can unmute? Any, Yvonne, are you a chef, a cook? I am. I have renovated my kitchen to be a gourmet kitchen, and I especially like to bake bread. Ooh, favorite bread. What do you like? Uh Actually, just a plain old white bread. My mom would make it, and she said, you'd need that bread till it's soft as a baby's butt. And so uh, I always think of her when I do that. And, you know, it's like magic. It turns out good. It is. I've made homemade challah. I've made homemade whole wheat bread. I've made homemade rye bread and white bread. But I will tell you, I use bread as a barter 
back way back in the day as a young married woman with two kids and no car and I wanted to go to the gym once a week just to work out and this is way before we had all these gym crazes and exercise and I talked to the owner of the gym and I said Patty how would you like homemade bread she said bring me one loaf a week and my husband and I will bring you I'll give you a ride home you can take the bus here we'll give you a ride home every week she got the better end of the deal it was only about a three mile ride but anyway she got homemade bread every week smart businesswoman. Okay, let's go on. Tomorrow is Tuesday, the 9th of November. It's National Chaos Never Dies Day. Do you think chaos breeds creativity, Dave? Yes or no? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Um, okay, Mustafa, what do you think? Same here as Dave. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't Yvonne, know. what do you think? Yvonne, you can stay unmuted. What do you think? Does chaos breed creativity? Yes. Um, I have the sign on my wall that says, if it takes a thousand whacks of the reed to break the rock, the first 999 were necessary. And so I think that uh, through chaos and trying and being frustrated, yeah, if you stick with it, it's good. Yes, and I think, well, we've all seen MacGyver on TV. Come on, talk about chaos, and the guy has to be creative and get his way out of a jam. So I think we'll go with that one. At least Yvonne and I will, the two gentlemen, you can think about that later. It's National Scrapple Day. That's pork scraps, buckwheat, flour, cornmeal, spices, and ketchup. Let's not even go there. It's National Carl Sagan Day, celebrating the American astronomer, planetary scientist, cosmologist. I didn't say cosmetologist, cosmologist, astrophysicist. That's not easy to pronounce. Astrobiologist, author, and science communicator. I'm looking at the time. We've got four minutes left. Let's move on. It's also go to an art museum day tomorrow. Wednesday is area code day. I don't know why. It's Marine Corps birthday. It's vanilla cupcake day. I'd rather have chocolate. And it's Sesame Street day. Sesame Street is the most widely viewed kids show in the world. Talk about creativity. What a concept. The puppets, the ideas, the names, the voices. Yes. Thursday is Veterans Day. Thank you to all of our veterans for your service for giving us the opportunity to be free to talk like this on radio that's heard all over the world. How about that? It's also Singles Day. Find a single and say, you'll be okay. You are okay. There you go. It's National Sunday Day, not D-A-Y, D-A-E, Sunday. Make yourself an ice cream Sunday. And it's National Origami Day. That's my, my way of improving origami. Friday is Chicken Soup for the Soul Day. Okay. It's National French Dip Day. That's a sandwich dipped in the au jus. It's National Happy Hour Day. Well, it's Friday. It's always National Happy Hour Day. And it's National Pizza with the Works Except Anchovies Day. Do you like anchovies, Mustafa? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Dave. Much, yes. <laughs> Dave, anchovies a little, yeah. Yeah. A little bit, Yvonne? No. <laughs> I can take them a little bit once every five or ten years. Saturday is, okay, here you go, Dave. This is for you. Hug a Musician Day. Okay, it's I'm ready. National, I'm ready. National, <laughs> hugs for Dave. It's National Indian Pudding Day, Sadie Hawkins Day, World Kindness Day. Sunday is Spicy Guacamole Day. Guacamole. Pickle Day. Loosen Up, Lighten Up Day. I think we're doing that here. It's American Teddy Bear Day. I have teddy bears all over my house. And it's Split Pea Soup Week. That's a whole other topic. And Monday next week, before I go on the radio, I have to tell you, it's National Drummer Day. So you can all say hello to a drummer, and that's me. Recycling Day, Raisin Bran Surreal Day. Why, I don't know. It's Steve Crocodile Hunter Irwin Day. We all know who he is. It's National Clean Out Your Fridge Day. It's National Bunt Cake Day, B-U-N-D-T. It's Odd Socks Day. If you have unmatched, the dryer ate one of them, put it together. And it's Love to Write Day. It means sit down and just write something started by writer John Riddle, who wrote 34 books. You're catching up to him, Yvonne. Let's do websites real quick. We've got about two minutes left. Yvonne, where can people find you? 
Yvonne Vissing, Y-V-O-N-N-E-V-I-S-S-I-N-G.com or santalove.org. I love that one. Mustafa, where can people find you? So my website is thepassionmba.com. And you can find me also on Instagram as thepassionmba. And that's T-H-E-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-M-B-A.com. Okay. Dave Combs, where can people find you? Real simple, CombsMusic.com is my website, and I have a YouTube channel called Combs Music, ironically, and I'm on Facebook, and as well as, uh, I think my handle there is actually Touched by the Music, but uh, Dave Combs, you can also find me at Dave Combs. So it's Combs Music, C-O-M-B-S, just like the comb, C-O-M-B-S-M-U-S-I-C.com. I want to have some words. Everybody say thank you, Josh, to my engineer. One, two, three. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Here are my closing words of wisdom. And panelists, don't go away. I want to take some pictures. Life is short. Break the rules. Well, isn't that what we've been talking about? Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the only way, trust me. Love truly, laugh, ah, uncontrollable. I forgot that stuff for sing later. Laugh uncontrollably, ah, <laughs> and never regret anything that made you smile. And here are my final remarks. Work like you don't need the money. Even if you do, try to enjoy yourself. Life is short. Just get over it. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching, boy, they were all watching. Got to tell you. Sing like nobody's listening. Ah. Sorry. And love like you've never been hurt. And I warned you about this because the heart will regenerate. It will heal. It will open again. Give your heart a chance to find love. Money talks. Chocolate sings. I won't sing again. And last but not least, and I stole this line from another radio host many years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Thank you, everyone. Bye, <laughs> Facebook. Bye, Yvonne. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.